Welcome to Monday the 13th. I know, I know, a lot of you Eagles fans are feeling pretty down in the dumps. There's always next year. That's what the Chicago Bears fans like me always say after the Super Bowl. There's always next year. We haven't been there for a long, long time, like a decade and a half. More than that, in fact. But maybe, maybe, maybe one day, after all the Bears were so bad last year, We got the first draft pick in the upcoming NFL draft. (laughs) And you have to stink pretty badly to do that. Uh, But congratulations to the the, uh, Chiefs fans. Good for you. It was an interesting game. I thought it was a great competitive game until that bonehead move in the last minute by the Eagle player who actually held and has admitted it was a hold, or as he said, it was a holding He admitted he held the Chiefs player and that the penalty truly was legitimate. So let's not keep grousing about, oh, the Zebras changed the game. No, no. And don't don't bitch about the field either, because guess what? Both sides had to play on the same field. Both sides had slip and fall issues on the turf. And both sides managed to score 35 points until the last minute. So let's not make excuses. It's disappointing. It's a bummer. But uh, you all had a better season than my team did. So uh, get over it. And we have other things to talk about. We have a lot of important things to talk about. And while the world seems to be focused on the balloons or unidentified flying objects that are coming into the country, I want to keep looking at the other hand. Yes, it's important. Yes, the balloons are something. And now that we've shot down, as of Monday morning, shot down four of them, uh, I wonder how many others are out there. And I wonder how many flew over the country during the previous administration, but nobody thought it was important enough to bring it up. Remember, we were told immediately after the Biden administration shot down the balloon over South Carolina, Well, it happened for Donald Trump, and he didn't do anything. The Trump administration's upper tier was never notified. As a matter of fact, this barely made it out of a report from the DOD. So stop playing the whataboutism game. And let's play the, okay, how do we stop it? How do we prevent it from happening again? And then what's the other hand doing? And why do I keep talking about the other hand? Well, it seems like all of this happened as the GOP started looking deeper and deeper into the corruption of the Biden administration. The connections between Democrats and high tech that work to alter the 2020 election results. The connections between Joe and Hunter and China and Ukraine and Russia. And I could go on and on and on. And all of it's in the laptop, which we were told was fake. But now we know it's 100% true. And what else do we have that we are? We, oh, yes, Nord Stream 2. Last week, Seymour Hirsch, a lefty journalist who has a, a little bit of history of credible and some not-so-credible reporting, pulled back the curtain claiming that the Nord Stream 2 was an American espionage attack on the Russian pipeline. 
So there is a lot to deflect away from. And as of 8 o'clock this morning, when I checked the schedule, the president had no public events. Can you imagine the outrage, the screaming and hollering if Donald Trump had not addressed four separate incidents of unidentified flying objects coming into our country, two that we now know were from China, capable of spying on our country? The left would be out of their minds. But to Joe Biden, it's not a big deal. It's not a problem at all, is it, Joey? And the idea that a balloon could traverse, uh, break American airspace is, uh, anyway, this is not a major breach. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. As big as a car, as big as a Learjet. There are different sizes of the payload beneath these balloons. It is stunning. The lack of urgency. Yeah, we, we got to get some urgency on this. But when the president is mumbling, bumbling and fumbling around and the press secretary is calling Canada, Canada. Yeah, that happened. It actually happened this past weekend on MSNBC where KGP stopped by to spread some misinformation of her own and mispronounced the name of one of our closest allies and next door neighbor. Why is why is the American military shooting something out of the sky over Canada? Because it's part of a NORAD. There is a, the NORAD is part of like a part of a it's a it's a what you yeah, call a coalition, a consortium, so a pact. Okay. Exactly. And so that's why we were able to do that again. We didn't do it on our own. We did right. it in in uh, in uh, clearly in in in, in, in step with uh, right. Canada. Canada. We did it clearly in step with Canada. What's more disturbing is her lack of ability to put that explanation together. She's the press secretary, for God's sakes. Yeah, it seems like some of the press is starting to get tired of this. Even Chuck Todd yesterday on Meet the Press seemed to be flustered with the amount of information or lack of information being volunteered about what the heck is happening with all of these balloons and our fighter jets. For some reason, the spokesperson, John Kirby, did not volunteer this information about fighter jets being scrambled to shoot down another object until a reporter in that room asked. In a statement on Saturday, the U.S. military could not provide details about the object, including its capabilities, purpose, or origin. And again, there are some weather issues when it comes to actually collecting this Thing that was shot down. The shootdown occurred as the U.S. Navy and Coast Guard continue to recover remnants of the Chinese spy balloon from the Atlantic Ocean last week. We asked the White House and the Pentagon to provide any guests this morning to tell us more about these incidents. Both declined. You got nothing. You'll take nothing and like it, Spalding. Really frustrating, but is the mainstream media finally catching on? Are they finally realizing that they've been enabling? Well, Chuck Todd, in the words of uh, Detective Sergeant, uh, whatever his title is, John McClain from Die Hard. Welcome to the party, pal. Yeah, welcome to the party, pal. We shall see. But where is Biden? Where is Biden in all of this? And uh, why is he hiding? Why is Joe Biden, after last week making himself available to State of the Union, then to PBS, then to Univision. Where is Biden? He didn't talk to Fox yesterday, as tradition 
would have mandated before the Super Bowl? No, because he's worried he'd get some real questions to answer. Biden's missing. And the majority of Americans don't want him to run for re-election. But Chuck Schumer says, oh, we're not worried about that. I want to ask you about President Biden. It certainly does seem to be like he's gearing up for re-election. But our latest poll showed a majority of Democrats think he shouldn't run again. What do you say to them? Well, first, I always liked the poll that 36 percent of Republicans thought Reagan should run again back in 1983. And he had a landslide. Biden's in great shape. Look at the State of the Union. Excuse me, Biden's in great shape. Look at the state of the union. He did one address, probably hopped up on a IV of Prevagen and Red Bull. And then immediately, if you look at the PBS interview, it sounds like he's barely alive. Barely there. And the other side of that coin on ABC was Donna Brazil coming out and talking about uh, Biden running. I thought this was really interesting. Talking about Joe Biden may not even need to announce that he's running until next fall. The president doesn't need to announce his reelection until late fall before, you know, the deadlines to get on the ballot in some of those key strategic states. Hmm. He may not have to make that announcement. Well, I think he may have to. But then Brazil came to the defense of Kamala Harris as well. While her poll numbers may not reflect her true popularity, I can guarantee you Kamala Harris will not be replaced on the party's ticket. And I can also guarantee you if Joe Biden decides not to run, Kamala Harris will become the next nominee of the Democratic Party. I will take that bet today. I'll put $1,000 down right now down in Brazil if you want to bet me. 1000 bucks. And when did she get bounced from Fox? Remember, Fox hired Donna Brazil a while back. They wanted a Democrat voice in there, but she was so irritating. I guess they traded her to ABC and maybe got a couple of draft picks in the future. But why are Kamala Harris's poll numbers so bad? Maybe it's because of the word salads, right? I love water policy. I confess I am a water policy geek. <laughs> I think it's it's so important, right? Like we could just geek out right here, the three of us, right? We agree that it is it is an essential component to life. And we also agree it is precious. Thank you. Thank you, Commander Obvious. The cackling is back too. Really, in full effect. <laughs> We've been having to deal with some folks who just literally. <laughs> what does that even mean? We've been having to deal with some folks who've been just literally. Yeah, I'm trying to diagram that sentence. <laughs> we've been having to deal with some folks who just literally. <laughs> like, we're like, have you looked out the window? <laughs> Yeah, what does that even mean? That's got to be fodder for our friend in Australia. The cackling nincompoop who is a heartbeat away <laughs> from the presidency. The comprehensively incapable Kamala Harris. Comprehensively incapable Kamala Harris. Yeah, it's uh, Kamala, though, to be exact. She taught us Kamala. I want to get back to the balloons because something struck me between the Super Bowl 
and the balloons and all the attention being paid to the balloons. And now over the weekend, we also heard in uh, one of the briefings from one of the generals, General Hauk, I think his name was, that uh, they haven't ruled out aliens or extraterrestrials. Here's that exchange between the general and a reporter. This happened, I think it was Saturday. Out of the sky uh, that raises the question, um, have you ruled out aliens or extraterrestrials? And if so, why? Because that is what everyone is asking us right now. And thanks for the question, Helene. I'll let the intel community and the uh, counterintelligence community figure that out. I haven't ruled out anything. Uh, at this point, we continue to assess uh, every threat or potential threat unknown that approaches North America uh, with the attempt to identify it. Hi, thanks, Pat, and thanks for doing this. This is for General Van Herc. Uh, yeah, Van Herc, that's who it was. We haven't ruled out aliens, and that gets everybody buzzing and distracted. And what are they distracted from? Again, the scandals, but there's also something else going on. If you watched the Super Bowl yesterday, one of the big favorite commercials featured the very talented Will Ferrell. It was a commercial for GM vehicles announcing that GM has secured a deal with Netflix to put GM electric vehicles in every Netflix production. You're going to see GM cars everywhere in all those Netflix films, programs, whatever they are. Now, that's kind of interesting. They bought an exclusive. It's like um, embedding a product advertisement. And Netflix certainly has enough money. They're, they're giving all kinds of money to people like the Obamas and to those royal people that I can't stand. And they're very woke over there at the Netflix. Not a whole lot of conservative stuff coming out of there. And as I'm watching this uh, really well-produced program, the ad with Will Ferrell, I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is the Biden administration embedding itself into both GM and Netflix. And why do I say that? I'm connecting the dots here for you. A year ago last Friday, I guess it was. A year ago last Friday, General Motors announced it hired Missy Owens. Missy Owens to be the head of ESG, the Environmental Sustainability and Governance Division of General Motors. So it's basically the woke department. It's like, uh, it's like diversity, equity, inclusion for the manufacturing side of things. But they've hired Joe Biden's niece to head up that part of General Motors. So now you have a direct connection to the White House, to General Motors, and now back to Netflix. The agenda of the Biden administration is going to be on full display on Netflix as the only cars you will see on Netflix productions will be electric vehicles courtesy of General Motors, where Biden's niece is in charge of making sure you see as many electric vehicles as possible. Hmm. Interesting, right? Connect the dots. And let me look at something else here with the Biden administration. 
Remember when Joe said that we're going to build this network of electric chargers all across the country? And I'm one of the people who went, great, the post office works so well. The DMV works so well. We should put the government in charge of electric vehicle charging. I'm still not a fan of electric vehicles. I'm a recovering electric vehicle owner. I think it's a bad idea. We're up to about, what, 6% of all the cars on the road are electric. And California already had problems with its power grid last year trying to keep cars charging and the power grid on. Well, apparently, the Biden administration isn't going to be able to build all those electric vehicle charging network stations around the country. At least that's how I read this. According to a report on Fox Business, the uh, DOT, that's Mayor Pete's joint, is set to offer $7.5 billion in subsidies aimed at electric vehicle charging facilities nationwide. Now, who has an electric vehicle charging facility? Oh, that would be pretty much Elon Musk. And what, what Elon and the Tesla charging network could bring if they were unlocked to all other vehicles is a huge brag for the Biden administration to say, well, now you could charge at Tesla charging stations. Get ready to be waiting longer and paying more. That's all I'm saying. And if you're going to use the Tesla charging stations, what does that mean to all of those high-paying union jobs, Joe, that you promised us? Truly, where is the transparency here? We need to know. And that's one of the stories that I'm keeping my eye on to connect the dots. Other stories we have to get to, and we're going to hear from uh, Dr. Michael Royson. Dr. Royson was out at the Super Bowl this weekend, but I talked to him about a really important story about an anti-inflammatory drug that has shown huge promise in reversing aging in your blood, like making your blood 30 years younger, which is gigantic in terms of making you younger and making you feel better, etc., so we'll talk to him. Uh, also noted, AMC Theaters is starting to do what many organizations, many entertainment outlets are doing. They're going to they're going to have, uh, I guess, reserve seating everywhere because they're going to start charging more for better seats in the theater. Yep, that's coming. Absolutely, that's coming. And uh, I may have to consider moving to Wyoming. I, I'm going to have to get a. Uh, an expert on this topic, but there's some really interesting stuff happening in Wyoming, freedom stuff. And uh, I, I may want to consider moving us out to Wyoming. Why, you ask, what's the latest thing? Well, there's a bill working its way through the Wyoming legislature that makes it easier to throw axes, rope chickens while drinking alcohol. It's almost a law. Got to do a a whole update on Wyoming. This is from the CowboyStateDaily.com. You ought to keep an eye on the Cowboy State Daily. They're just very, very great reporting on freedom. And uh, students in New Hampshire at a uh, school district in New Hampshire, they're walking out, high school students, because the school is uh, not putting urinals in the women's bathrooms. 
That's right. Not putting urinals in the women's bathrooms. As a matter of fact, they're going to stop putting urinals in all bathrooms because the trans madness has infected New Hampshire schools. And initially, the school said, okay, everybody can use every bathroom, just whatever you identify as that day. You know, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. And the parents stood up and said, no, no, we're not doing that. That's stupid. And guess what? The school came back and said, okay, uh, you have to use the bathroom of your biological gender, but there'll be no more urinals. (laughs) These people are absolutely crazy, are they not? Or is it me? No, they're crazy. They're nuts. All right, uh, let me step aside for a second. When we get back, this is huge news from Dr. Royce and big news about a, uh, a breakthrough Accidental, I think. It was supposed to be an anti-inflammatory, an anti-inflammation drug. And it turns out it's making your blood younger. And how great is that? Dr. Mike Royson joins us next on the Pure Opelka Podcast. Our friend Dr. Michael Royson is joining us. He of the Cleveland Clinic. He of the latest book of so many books from Dr. Royson, The Great Age Reboot which you should find out about and go to greatagereboot.com right now. We talk every week about what's happening in the world of medicine and how you can make yourself healthier, younger, uh, better in so many ways. And I'm glad you're here, Dr. Royzen. I want to hear on this, about the special mission you're on this weekend because I'm very jealous. Uh, but I, I have to tell you, I woke up and I saw this news story and I thought, oh, my God, it's happening. The Great Age Reboot is happening. There's a story about an anti-inflammatory drug that is apparently showing signs of reversing aging in blood. Is is younger blood really that important? And, and welcome, my friend. Um, it's good to be here. The way we think younger blood is important is getting rid of older misfolded proteins. That is proteins that have gotten damaged over time. That is, in your blood, you have proteins, and that's what causes us to have activities. Remember, all genes do is make proteins or watch other genes. And so it's the proteins they make that are key. If they get misfolded, you know, something goes wrong with their structure, they get a little damage on the outside, they don't work as effectively, or they may do damage of themselves. And we think aging has a lot to do with those misfolded proteins. And what this anti-inflammatory drug does, it's one of the theories, it's called senolysis, is it gets rid of old cells, it forces you to recycle their parts. So you have a very, very efficient recycling system where you break the proteins down into their smallest parts and then build up new proteins from them. And that's apparently what this does. It's one of the 14 areas that we think will have a breakthrough before 10 years is out. Um, This is early data on it, so we don't have perfect data on it, but it is some of the early data saying maybe by doing this, It's forcing your blood system to get new blood cells, which 
is getting rid of the old cells. So that's what this drug does. This is kind of an exciting discovery. Uh, and, you know, people like me who deal with the inflammation and irritation uh, from uh, um, osteoarthritis wonder if we'll be around long enough for these things to get into the system. How long does it take to move stuff like this along? We think that, remember I said there are 14 areas, all have been shown in at least two animal species. All, I think all of the 14 are now moving into human studies. So within 10 years, um, we think at least one of them will have a major breakthrough with about an 80% probability. Now, while that is happening, there are all kinds of other medical things that are happening, medical research processes that will make your life better and longer so you'll live longer, younger in the meantime. That is, you've heard the stories about decreasing life expectancy. Yeah. That's actually the wrong way of looking at it because it looks at life expectancy at birth. But if you're 50 or 60, the life expectancy has continued to expand. The original way that is life expectancy at birth is called period life expectancy. That has been decreasing because of COVID and opioids. But if you're now 50 the or older, the what we call cohort life expectancy is the right term. How long uh, is the cohort of 50-year-olds likely to live? And so the cohort of 50-year-olds is likely to live if you will, to about, in male terms, to about 81, in female terms, to about 84. And if you're 65, it goes to 84 and 87. Wow. That's fascinating. So the people over 50 are actually seeing an expansion or an extension of life expectancy while uh, opioids and COVID have taken down or shortened Currently, the life expectancy of the people under 50, meaning the people born today and the people who are just 50. Is that is that correct? That's exactly right. Wow, that's fascinating. Oh, okay. well, good news for those of us who are over 50. And for those of you under 50, you need to start living a little smarter right now. That's That's right. You avoid unforced errors, meaning you don't get you don't try opiates even once you avoid vaping, you avoid. Um, if you will, simple processed foods and sugar, red meat, et cetera, you're going to live, you know, with that um, a high probability well past 80. Wow. Um, that is every birth cohort has lived since 1880, has lived past their life expectancy at birth at the time they were born. I love the fact that you call it unforced errors. And that really is something that we hear about usually in sports. If you if you don't hurt yourself, you know, you've got a better chance of winning. The same thing applies in life. If you don't hurt yourself with unforced errors in how you're taking care of your body, you've got a better chance in living longer and younger, et cetera. Uh, Doc, let's look at some of this great research this week. And while we're talking about one of the things you can do to live smarter, you talked about sugar. Sugar comes up all the time. 
But now we're also seeing the um, USDA, the Department of Agriculture, is pitching some new rules to cut sugar and salt in school meals. This is big news? Well, it's, it is about getting it right for the students. Um, and let me go and, and, and say, so why is sugar bad? Um, we spoke about aging proteins, I think a little before, and one of the things that ages proteins is the proteins get sugar on them and it binds to them in a way that inhibits their functioning. And the best example, of course, is hemoglobin A1C, which is measured in diabetics. Well, the problem with hemoglobin A1C is that the hemoglobin doesn't release oxygen normally to your tissues because it's got that sugar on it, which changes its structure just a little bit. But that change means the oxygen doesn't get to your tissues, which means diabetics get heart disease and kidney disease and ulcers of their leg and have to have amputations and and all kinds of things. And it starts when you're young. So it isn't that it just hurts your proteins when you're an old guy like you and I are. It hurts them when you're young as well. And so getting rid of the sugar early is important. You got sugar on my proteins. Stop putting sugar on my proteins. So uh, (laughs) are some sugars worse than other sugars? Yes. We used to think all of those things that ended with an os were bad. And it turns out that a couple of sugars, allulose and triolose, may inhibit your absorption of other sugars. So there may be some sugars that are actually help you control the other sugars. So we might expect to start seeing allulose and what was the other one added to? Triolose. Triolose added yeah, so to some foods? They're, yeah, they're, they're actually, they're in raisins and dates um, and, uh, and figs. So they're in some foods naturally. And um, we never paid much attention to them because they were very hard to get in quantities. Um, but Japanese scientists recently have learned how to synthesize them. And apparently we'll be seeing much more data on them in the near future on actually how they may be beneficial. I, I love uh, figs and dates, so I should continue eating that, right? Uh, I'm, I, yes. I eat a lot of fruit. I, I eat a lot of vegetables. Is there a danger in getting too much sugar from eating too much fruit? Yes, but you have to eat an awful lot. Um, and if you get a, you know, the, these glucose monitors that you can get, um, like uh, Dexcom 6 and Freestyle Libra, if you get those, you can monitor it. It's, they're inexpensive to get for two weeks and see what fruit does raise your blood sugar because it will raise your, and you'll notice, almost everyone notices more than one grape at a time will raise your blood sugar substantially because you chew them in your mouth and absorb the sugar very quickly, which raises your blood sugar quickly. So it is, as I said, both the peak and the average levels 
And so um, raising your blood sugar too fast is not good. Well, I, I'm a big lover of grapes and not just the squished and fermented version. I'm a big lover of eating grapes, especially on a hot summer day. Is that something I need to monitor? Um, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, you don't want to go more than one or two at a time. Really? Okay. Noted. Because they're so hard to stop eating. Dr. Royzen speaking truth, which is why we love you. Uh, you can find out everything at the greatagereboot.com, and you should. Greatagereboot.com. My friend, safe travels. We'll do it again next week. I look forward to it. Thank you. 